From Relay FM, this is Upgrade episode 409. Today's show is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens, ZocDoc, and Mode. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Jason Snow. Hi, Jason Snow. That sound you heard there, Mike, was the uh, the Memorial Day parade passing <laughs> by, playing the Upgrade draft theme. That's this isn't is that how nice? it works. The Memorial Day parade, they get to the end of the parade, and then they just turn a sharp turn and just go straight into the draft. Like, yes. they, you know, they're like, we're done with that part. They go right down Parade Street and then make a right on Draft Avenue. Yep. And here they are on the intersection mm-hmm. of parades and drafts. That is us. <laughs> we the... That's us. That is <laughs> us. We... Never <laughs> has we that been more true than today. So we are drafting today for WWDC. But before we get to that, I have a hashtag Snell Talk question. Comes from Nico. Nico asks, if an Apple event was leaked online after the draft, but before the scheduled time, would you watch the leaked video or wait for the official Apple release? Um, I, I like things that are framed as sort of like spoilers. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about how we cover rumors and all that. And sometimes people are, they view them like spoilers for a movie or a TV show. Um, But what I would say to Nico is if you were covering... Um, the White House and you got a piece of information about a speech that the president was going to give and you were working for a news organization, would you wait for the president to give the speech? And the answer is no, because it's your job. So yeah. no, if there was a leaked, if there was leaked information beforehand, I would absolutely watch it or get it or read it or whatever immediately because I feel like it's it's my job to see it and and maybe write about it or do whatever is necessary. So um, I, I appreciate um, the fact that everybody out there kind of uses stuff from entertainment purposes, but for my purposes, it's like, it's what I do. So if something leaked, I would be there immediately. I just don't think I would be able to stop myself. You know what I mean? Like if it have, if a video like this, I would just be like, there's no way I can't watch this. Just because for the like how historic it would be that it even had leaked. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, and then you got to watch the, fair, the the official one and see if it uh, matches up. Or yep. has anything changed? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to stop myself. I wouldn't be able to stop myself. Yeah, so, so we would not wait, Nico. Not at all. If you would like to send in a Snow Talk question for us to open the show, just send out a tweet with the hashtag Snow Talk or use question mark Snow Talk in the Real FM members' Discord. Since we last spoke... Everything's changed. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot happening. A lot happening. Remember when we would idly discuss what would happen if Apple did go back to an in-person event? And we said, yeah, but you know, COVID levels are rising and it's only, it's already two weeks away. Like, it, it's not likely that they would do something like that. Well, <laughs> um... We'll be together next week, you yep. and I. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going down to Apple Park, Jason and yep. I. I'm flying over to California at the end of the week, which is very unexpected and wasn't mm-hmm. com- surprise. Secondly, wasn't at all planned for. Going to be uh, out in San Jose and San Francisco for a bit. Um, we are both going to Apple Park for the keynote. As it stands yeah. right now, don't really your, know what that first. means. It's and your it's, first. Yes, and it is my first. So it's pretty monumental for me. 
Um, I, this is the first keynote that I've been invited for. It's the yeah. first keynote I will see in an official capacity. Right. You you did like crawl through the the, the piping and the, the ventilation shafts. Well, I mean, like sneak into a couple others. For, but. for all we know, I'll be sitting in a room or on some chairs somewhere watching a video that I could watch at home. Right? Like there is a right. strong possibility that that's the case. You you may literally just be sitting in the parking lot watching mm-hmm. things on a on a screen. But, but nevertheless. Probably. They said, hey, do you want to come? And I was like, yes, I do. I do, in fact, mm-hmm. want to do that. Um, so we're going to be there for, uh, we're going to be kind of doing various things over a few days. Basically, what this means, though, we do not know exactly when our post-WWDC episode will be recorded and released. It will be Monday. Yes, And we sure. reckon it will be late afternoon-ish. Yeah. Um, so if you yeah. know if you want to listen along live, we will be tweeting about it. We'll be posting updates as we have them, uh, and then we will be recording and streaming as soon as we can. If anything, really, it might actually be like it's been for the last few years, where we've actually well, <laughs> I said last few years, the last few years of WWDC in person, like 2018, 2019. Pre-pan- yeah, the pre-pandemic. It, it's gonna. My, that's my guess is it's gonna be very much pre-pandemic kind of thing where I go to the keynote and then sometimes there are briefings and things Mm -hmm. so it gets pushed back a little bit and you know don't hold us to this but my guess is it's going to be more like a 3 or 4 p.m pacific Mm -hmm. record time because we're going to have to do whatever apple has in store for us which i I just want to be clear with a week to go we don't know we don't know we don't know anything really about what i have like to be time great for the draft I mean, Bad for honestly, personal planning, great for the draft. Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, but they're like, hey, just be available. I'm like, well, I mean, what else am I going to do? You know, I'm there. Yeah. You, whatever you want from me, you got me, you know? So I'm, I'm, I, I actually kind of like the mystery of it all at the moment. All right. This is my first time, you know, so I, I, all, I'm just going to yeah. take whatever they give me. Well, I'm a local, so I have to think about more logistics. I can't just sort of like be there, and I have family things that week and all that. So there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. We'll figure it out. But um, but yeah, I think late afternoon, hopefully we will um, st- do our uh, thing and stream it live and do all that and then release the episode. So, you know, by Monday night Pacific, the episode will be out with our immediate thoughts straight from the ground in Cupertino. Yeah, and it's going to be, I'm, I have no doubt the vibe's going to be totally different because like I was thinking about this during the keynotes, I've like got my laptop open and I'm taking notes. I'm not expecting to do that. So I'm hoping to try and find some time after the keynote before we record to actually make a bunch of notes. Like I've decided I've made yeah, the decision I'm not going to have a computer in front of me. I'm just going to sit there and I'm just going to take it in whatever it is, right? right? Gruber the Gruber method. John well, Gruber does that. You know. he, has, he has a little note, he has a little notebook and he jots down little thoughts, but that's it. He doesn't he's not live covering it or anything like that. No, I think it's good as I have relied on you and the ones where we do it immediately afterward where I'm there and you're mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Um I rely on you to do the like legwork of the details because I'm in the room, but mm-hmm. if we're both in the room then uh we ha- we need a little <laughs> a little more time to to reflect about it. It'll be yep. it'll be good. It'll be great. It's it, be it will a, be a fun experience. I can't It'll wait. be different than the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um maybe more like WWDC of years past, maybe a different thing entirely. I mean, it will be unprecedented because we've never both gone together. That so it's going to be different in that Certainly regard, true. right? Like Certainly and also true. this is I have no doubt whatever this presentation is, it is not going to be like any presentation we've seen before, like because 
it's either going to be a weird the WWDC, they're going to do the whole thing on stage, which I've been wondering is a possibility, um, or they're going to do it like some on stage, some video, or they're going to do all video, but there's an audience. Like it's Whatever it is, it's going to be different, and I am very excited about it. And I cannot believe we're a week away because I have not mentally or emotionally prepared for the fact that I am leaving the country at the end of the week. And I should say all of this, test dependent for me i have multiple stages of tests that i need to take before this can be a thing so ah, yes it's true knock on wood we'll see how it goes but today we're drafting yep. these are the rules and some information about results we have done one draft so far in the calendar year of 2022 it was for apple's march event and jason won that historically we have completed six wwdc drafts and we are tied at three each over the years. I won the first three, you won the subsequent three. Oh boy. Uh, but for this year, there will be three rounds, 15 overall picks. The draft is split into three categories. We're going to be doing six iOS and iPadOS picks, three macOS slash Mac hardware picks, five picks for quote everything else, and there's also going to be a bonus round as well. Uh, of course, there's always a tiebreaker, but I'll get to that in a moment. The winner of the previous draft gets first pick, as litigated extensively over the last few weeks. <laughs> that will yes, be Jason. that's right. People were like, but that gives that person an advantage. Yes, doesn't matter. That's what we're doing. Yeah. The items mm-hmm. are chosen from a predetermined list of choices, which we have agreed of, uh, which we have agreed are verifiable on screen and not ridiculously obvious. That's the way that they will be scored. So they must be on screen, not obvious. For an item to count, it must be either clearly announced on stage or on a slide during the presentation. This must be verifiable from the keynote itself. Stephen Hackett will adjudicate in case of a scoring stalemate. There will be no partial points awarded. The points awarded on the episode are final and finalized during the scoring segment. In the case of a tie, there is a tiebreaker question. The loser gets pick of the tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker is always will be event duration, right? You happy with that? The winner becomes draft champion and displays the champion pennant. The loser becomes draft challenger and displays the challenger pennant. Yes. There will be scorecards, as always, created and maintained by Zach Knox at Upgrade.cards, and there'll be a link in the show notes, so you'll be able to find that uh, for yourself. So, Jason, tiebreaker. Yes. Do you want to pick an event runtime for me? I'm going to say, wow, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm going to put it at 119 minutes okay that is one minute less than two hours right yeah wwdc 2021 video he googles that was 146 Mm -hmm. 2020 was 148 an hour and 48 so this would be longer than the last two wwdc's right yes Oh, this is big for me because we're going to get into this, but like it's the question of what is in and what is out, right? Like, it is. If a headset is in, it's easily over two hours. Yeah, this is, yes, that's true. If there's no headset, it's, in my opinion, less than two hours. I'll throw in one other wrinkle just to to give you all the information that I've been thinking of when, when doing this, which is one of the things we think might be a possibility is that there is an, a a wrapper around the event that is um 
the framing sequence, if you were, of Tim Cook live, right? Like one of the possible scenarios here is that they actually will start live with Tim Cook and then they sort of throw it into the videos. It may not be an entirely live presentation. It may be, who knows? Mm -hmm. But let's say that a lot of it is video. That I, I do wonder if that is a potential complication where the fact that there is a live component and that they're doing that in addition to the videos might make the runtime longer, that they might build something that's a certain length, but then they have padding on the beginning and the end and that adds, and there may be applause and stuff like that. And they may add a little uh, complication beyond what they would normally do with their completely edited together calculated time, or they factored it in. I don't know. Less, less than one hundred ninety minutes under. Okay, That's what I'm going for. under. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I really went back and forth on this. I mean, I first off, I didn't prepare, I didn't think of it, and I didn't do any research. I might have set it a little bit lower, but I think ultimately this is the question, which is why I went straight up to the the two hour mark. Mm. Is I think the question is: Is it so packed that they blow past two hours, or is it complicated by the live thing that might happen, so they go past two hours, or is it? a more traditional WWDC runtime for online, you know, there's just the streaming stuff. And in in which case it will be like the last two years and it'll be under. I think that's the question. And I I think you made a good choice. This episode is brought to you in part by Mode and their new keyboard, the Sonnet. Over the past couple of years, I've gotten pretty deep into the mechanical keyboard hobby. Now, for me, this comprises of a few things that I really love about it. I have a love for the wonderful designs that creators produce, both with keycap designs and the designs, like the industrial design of the keyboard themselves. I really love the customization, so finding just the right pairings of each element so the keyboard feels exactly how I want it to and looks how I want it to. And I've also really come to appreciate the joy of putting these things together myself, You know, being able to actually do something with my hands, learn some new skills, and at the end of it, have something that's just mine. Over my time being really interested in keyboards, my favorites have been designed and manufactured by Mode. For me, they are the apple of keyboards. Their products are incredibly well made, they are beautiful to look at, and the process of buying them is incredibly well thought out and user-friendly. Trust me, this is not a normal experience in the mechanical keyboard hobby. One of my favorite things that they have nailed is the level of customization options available for your keyboard. They let you choose the colors, the materials you want it to be made from, even the design accent pieces, and some fancy internal weights, which you can all visualize in real time on their website. So like you can click through all the options and it updates the image and you can see it from multiple angles. It lets you craft something that will fit perfectly in your workspace. Currently, Mode have two keyboards available for pre-order. They have the 80, which has a two-month lead time, and they have the Sonnet, which has a five-month lead time. It's their newest product. I actually just did a video about this recently. I did a build and that kind of stuff. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to see it. Oh, it looks the Sonnet looks so good. It's beautiful. Uh, Once they start shipping these later in the year, that lead time will decrease. You know, it's currently a five months because that's when they will first start shipping, and then it's a a quicker kind of uh, time. I've owned in Mode 80 for over a year, and Mode sent me that early review unit of the Sonnet to check out. These keyboards have different layouts, so you can choose which one works best for you, either functionally or aesthetically. But what you'll find with both is incredible attention to detail, the highest level of quality, and an all-around excellent experience. Mode pick premium materials and machine them with incredibly high precision and care. I've experienced a bunch of different keyboards over the last couple of years, but I'm always finding myself coming back to one of my mode keyboards. 
We sit in front of our keyboards at our desks all day. Why shouldn't it be completely tailored to suit your exact preferences? Keyboards are a tool that we use to get our best work done. So why should you have to settle for anything less than the best? And quite frankly, why would you want your keyboard to sound like this when it could sound like this? Mode keyboards are wonderful to build with incredibly detailed and easy to follow instructions and truly make typing an event to look forward to. It's one of those things that just makes your day a little bit more enjoyable. You can find out more today by going to modedesigns.com slash upgradefm. That's modedesigns.com slash upgradefm. Mode, it's time to rethink keyboards. Our thanks to Mode for their support of this show and Relay FM. Jason Snell, are you ready to get into our first rounds of the draft? Oh no, it's always, I'm always a little uh, filled with trepidation here, but we got to do it. We do it all the time. It's a little scary, but we got to do it. So we're going to start with iOS and iPadOS. We've combined yeah. these into one round. Yeah. What's your first pick? Um, well, <laughs> proving that I am like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football. I'm doing it again. One of these days it'll be true. Apps can run on an external display on iPad OS. That is a bold first round pick, man. There it is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I feel like maybe it's going to happen this time. I mean, that's that. What can I say? That's that's what I think is. Uh, I think that's where we are. Is um, is that it's going to happen? That we're going to get. Uh, we're going to get it. We're going to do it. The, the display is out there, and they're going to announce an OS update that supports that external display now that Apple has their own uh, compatible with iPad external display, and it's going to be in the next version of iPad OS. And they're, they're finally going to do it. They laid the groundwork last year, and they're finally going to do it. And when it doesn't happen, you can say, I told you so. And that's fine. I will have heard it many, many times before, but I'm going to... I'm just going to keep picking it. And I think this is this time for sure, Mike, this time for sure. I think it's really going to happen. So there are, there are other things to talk about here that I think are pretty like hand in hand with this, right? Cause I want to talk about multitasking, but I guess we should wait. Cause I, I'm going to, I will assume probably that one of us could potentially pick more stuff about this. Cause I okay. feel like that this has to go hand in hand with that. If it doesn't, we don't, neither of us pick that. I want to circle back to this, but I don't want to spoil that or tip the draft in favor of anybody else right now. Sure. I'm going, you've gone pretty extreme. I think for the first pick, I'm going really safe. New privacy focus features. Oh, new privacy focus features. Well that, yeah, that's a super boring pick, Mike, yep. but uh, how can you pick against it? Apple's whole branding. Mm -hmm. Like they, they're, I think if you want your if, if you're a product manager or somebody at Apple who's like uh here's the feature that I want to do um you'd be wise to pick a privacy focused feature right I feel like because they're going to be like yes yes that's exactly what we want um uh, because it fits they can market yeah. it they can promote it um what's the next one now what would that be Mike what do you think what would that privacy focused feature be uh, again, we met some of these things. Who knows? Could come up, but I could imagine an expansion of the private relay thing. Um, maybe they do something more within apps as well as just within web browsers. Um, I'm sure some other thing around tracking. You know, yep. like they just continue to crack down on tracking in all of its forms. Um, there is always the possibility of just a VPN that Apple could make at some point. 
Uh, now they have iCloud Plus. There's more features they could do there, which like that VPN, right? Which could actually cost money for Apple to, yeah. to run, but they could make money from it. So less of a thing and beef up that as another service. Like the way, the way One of the reasons I picked this is I feel like this was mostly enforced last year, I think, but has been like trickling in over the last few years. They effectively have a privacy section for each of the OS releases now. So like yeah. as part of the conversation, they're like, mm-hmm. and let's talk about privacy, right? Like as Zach mentioned, 2021 had a whole privacy segment itself. It ended up bleeding into other areas, like it would come up in other parts. But now as well, considering Apple's, you know, everything they do is so intertwined, right? From the operating systems, sharing stuff, then to having the services that go between them, being able to link it all together, privacy is basically one of their platforms and they keep talking about it It, as you said it's kind of in the dna of the company at this point um and they're just going to keep pushing on it and pushing on it and pushing on it it could just be an expansion of stuff they've already done it could be new features um they honestly they surprise me with the things that they do so i would i think like i never would have predicted the uh mail tracking thing from last year like that never would have even crossed my mind um, so I expect them to do other things along those uh, along that ilk. Now, the way that this is worded in our document is new privacy-focused mm-hmm. features, which implies that they're not just updates, but they're new and they're multiple. Mm-hmm. You comfortable like, with you that? Know, uh, well, I would say like it. it this is this is a, it's a good good question. It's one of those tricky things, right? Of like, if it's an existing thing, but they add new stuff to it, what does that mean, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's uh. Let me think. Well, that would be new features in a feature. It would be new features. Yep. <laughs> you confused me there. New features in a feature is new in a feature. feature. It's new features. It's it's uh okay, we know when we see it. We're I'm just saying if it. they only if they only announce one privacy related thing and it's just a small update to an existing feature, we might have to have a conversation about it, but sure. I doubt that will happen. So yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Okay, my my next pick. I'm gonna go with the reverberation of two years ago finally making a prioritization for this version of um of iOS. And I'm going to say user controllable design and theme theming on iOS and iPad OS. More user controllable design and theming. The idea here is uh when you look at widgets and every the whole trend of having everybody kind of like personalize their home screens using widgets um i think that that we're gonna see um something like that uh expanded with a theme system i I mean it could be user controllable design in detail if you think about what android does like they they Mm -hmm. let everybody control everything it seems to me that it's far more likely that apple will do um a set of themes that are kind of like an expansion of light mode and dark mode that okay. are, you know, a, a few different modes and that uh, apps will be able to change. And the fact that they announced in their accessibility thing, the, that the books app is going to have different yep. themes. I, I do. It, that makes me think that this is more likely because it's, um, it, it's in line with that. The idea that there is uh there is a, a, a theme control, which allows Apple to define what the themes are and control them, but still make it seem like you've got some user customizability. But whatever it is, I, I, I'm really just saying it's going to be the, you know, they got the signal two years ago that, oh, people like the widgets and being able to customize. So let's give them a little more control over what the look and feel of their device is. 
So this is like either it changes the home screen or it's like a, a, a preference that you set and it carries across app to app, right? Because as you mentioned, we already know this theming in the books app, so that wouldn't right get it for you. That doesn't like. that yeah the existence of that doesn't doesn't count. It's, the idea here is that you're adding theming either it's system wide mm-hmm. uh, theming or other customizable design controls, or it's very specific new themes in places. Right, so it could be only for the home screen, but it would mm-hmm. need to be a substantial user controllable design change to the home screen that would allow this to be there. Yeah. Or if like every stock app gets themes, and like maybe developers can can tie into the theme control yeah. or something. We'll know it when we see it. It yeah. really is the it has to be Apple a significant the lesson thing, though, right? Of like, two years yeah. ago, mm-hmm. and they're they're uh putting their you know their time in to make more customizability so people can control the look of their devices this is interesting this one so again like as we said we have this list and then we each like pare down that list for our own picks this one didn't make it to my short list i want it but then i started thinking about it i was kind of like i don't think they're gonna do it though i want them to but i am i think i'm kind of in that feeling of like but will they? You know, like this. Oh yeah, will, will they? I don't know. Yeah. To, to Apple is like light and dark enough. Like I don't know, right? Like I would love something a little bit more. I think it'd be really fun. But like, is the existence of themes in the book app, books app, just because paper comes in different colors? Yeah, like, or because don't they know. don't want to put themes in the OS, but yeah. they will put it in that app. But I again, I, the reason I like the theme idea is that it's like, how does Apple allow you to uh, personalize and customize your mm-hmm. device? And the answer is they devise a way to do it where they choose for you, <laughs> right? Yep. But you could personalize it from any of these five choices. Oh, great. Well, that's not really personalizing, but uh, that sounds very Apple to me. My first two picks I'm dedicating to Tim Cook. Because my second wow. pick is new AR features. Ooh. Now, what does this mean? My expectation is iOS and iPadOS will have new features in ARKit, things that ARKit can't currently do, and that they will spend some time showing what that stuff is. I have said on the show in many times in the past, and maybe I'm going to say it again today, that there. I think the likelihood of a headset is is slim. But I think they want to start preparing people for it. And that's going to be even more stuff that ARKit can do that could potentially end up tying into this. And I'll say it could be ARKit. It could be AR features Apple adds into their own apps, you know. But, like, there's going to be new stuff in AR that we couldn't do on our iPhones or iPads before that we'll be able to do with iOS 16. Yeah, this... I think this is interesting because, first off, if they if they announce, um, well, this is an iOS and iPadOS pick. So mm-hmm. you, regardless of the status of the headset, what you're saying is there will be AR features, AR functionality in the next version of iOS and iPadOS, mm-hmm. and that they will talk about it. And that the, mm-hmm. the scenario here really is that they're cloaking the open secret that they're working on a headset in iOS and iPadOS extensions so that the developers can work on those while Mm -hmm. um, we all know what's really happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, again, they they showed off some, again, it doesn't count, but like the the door detection and all that kind of stuff with the accessibility Mm -hmm. features, like there's still still areas they can push on, you know? 
uh, our friend of the show, CGP Grey, loves to talk about maps. And there's, I'm sure, new stuff they could add to maps that is taken advantage of AR because that seems like one of those like really easy places to add AR stuff. Um, and so I could, add, I honestly expect a combination of things that Apple are doing plus things that they're going to be uh, giving to developers. So, but just we'll see what it ends up being. But I expect new AR features at WWDC. All right. It's not, I mean, I think the only complication is what if it's not because it's all in the headset, but then I think I you're right. But I think even with a headset, they're going to have new stuff for iPhone anyway. Like, yeah. You and, know? and just, uh, this is like, you're, you're playing to win today, right? Because am, you're yeah. picking things that are uh, hard to bet against Apple talking about privacy, yeah. hard to bet against Apple talking about AR. As you said, mm-hmm. this one goes out to Tim Cook. This one goes out to Tim Cook. That's where my yeah, Tim Cook round like. ends, but like that's that's you know, we know what you like, Tim. To, to my boy Tim. Yeah, that's right. Good morning. You Good get to hear morning. that in person, maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe in person. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, hat tip to the sheriff of the rumor roundup. Finally, Mark he did he did something for us, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with widgets or widget like features on the lock screen. Yes. And this is Mark Gurman. Now, this is another one of these great things where it's like the feature behind the feature where you mm-hmm. can see where Apple's going. What Mark Gurman reported this week this weekend is that Apple's actually been working on a, an always on lock screen, which since they have OLED displays on their on their uh, on their phones, they really should have done probably a while ago, but they haven't. And they thought about it last year and then they chose not to. But it sounds like what Mark Gurman says is this year, the new iPhone Pro models will support an always-on lock screen. So there'll be a low-power lock screen like on the Apple Watch that can show basic information. And he says as a part of that, logically, you would have more interesting information on the lock screen that you could control. And so as a part of that, he suggests they're working on some changes that will add more widgets or widget-like features on the lock screen. So I don't know what form this takes, but like custom, we know what this is, right? It's like you, your ability to put some customized information on the on your lock screen instead of having to mm-hmm. swipe to a different screen or something like that. Yeah, I wrote the pick out this way because the way, what the, Mark's actual quote is including wallpapers that have widget-like capabilities. And that doesn't sound right to me. I don't think that's accurate. Like I can't imagine Apple, like there are these 10 wallpapers and like yeah. they, you can choose the weather wallpaper, and it that doesn't sound right to me. Like what what I imagine is going on is is what we're saying. So, but basically, if that's what it is, this will count. That's why it's like widget like features. So like it's dynamically updating. If the way Apple chooses to implement this is something like instead of wallpaper on your home screen, you can put a weather status, and it will color based on the weather status, and you'll, it'll have a little line that says what the weather is, and there are a few of those that are like active wallpapers for your lock screen, that counts. It's it's adding more information on the lock screen. Yeah. Um, widget-like. It, that's that's what widget-like. Mm-hmm. That's right. If, they, if it's a widget that is the size of your screen and lives at the bottom level of the, of the Z-axis, that's mm-hmm. weird, but 
it would count. It doesn't sound. I mean, this. You know what I mean. This sounds like one of those things you could be told a thing, but that doesn't sound right to me. Like I can imagine, say, like it's on the lock screen and you can see stuff. You know, it could look like complications. Yeah. Could look like the widgets we have now. I don't know, but like yeah. your entire wallpaper doesn't sound right to me. Right. You may just be able to drag a widget onto the home screen, right? Like yeah. on the lock screen, yeah. right? I mean, why? Why not? That should be the way that they do it. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll wait. We'll wait and see. I don't know where notifications will go, right? Like that's that's the the thing. So they're just they're just in a, in a little blob and you have to tap to expand them or something. I, I don't know. So. Talking about notifications, uh, yes. I'm going to pick for my third round pick new notification management tools, parentheses, outside of focus modes. So oh. I wanted to add this because focus mode is another thing. And honestly, it's I, I, I consider these separate, like in my mind. So I wanted to separate them that way. I think there will be some kind of notification management stuff added in. We could see an expansion of time-sensitive Maybe they change mm-hmm. some stuff like that. Maybe they go back and kind of rethink those um, summaries uh, mm-hmm. or, or just more tools to help us stay in control of our notifications. I would like to see that. I always want this to be a thing. This is, again, there have been some rumors, right, along these lines. Um, and I would like to just continue to see this as a thing that Apple gives us more tools, more notifications, like let us get rid of them, let us triage and manage them in all different ways. It should always be a thing they keep pushing on. The um, interesting question here about, I I just talked about um, customization and how they're really, we're talking about widgets two years later and that Mm -hmm. Apple sometimes takes two years to respond to something. They're on that kind of cycle. I wonder about that with notifications and widgets and I think what, or in focus mode. And I think what it comes down to may be, um, is this a year where they actually go back to a thing they introduced last year and think about it and overhaul it? And I'm mm-hmm. thinking of focus mode. Or is this the kind of year where they tinker around the edges and next year would be the first time you'd really see them uh, reacting to what the issues awesome. are and the limitations are of yep. focus mode? I like your pick because it's saying the first or the second one is true, right? It's saying they're not going to necessarily overhaul focus mode right away. And if it, it, the two-year cycle seems frustrating, but on another level, it seems logical. If you really think about the fact that they ship the OS and then they start working on the next OS, they don't mm-hmm. really have a lot of time to gather feedback and to let it sit and, and figure out what works and what doesn't in it. And by the time they do, it's kind of late in the game to put that in the next OS cycle. So it gets bumped to the following OS cycle. And so maybe this is a, a tinkering with notifications and adding more features in there rather than a wholesale wholesale focus mode change. That's, that's uh, I think, reasonable. Mm-hmm. Round four. This is tough. I'm going to go with an iPadOS feature because I'm trying to figure out what they're going to do in iPadOS other than, of course, running apps on an external display on iPadOS. And I'm going to go with global keyboard shortcuts for shortcuts. Yep. This is the idea that... Apple introduced, first off, Apple introduced the globe key as a shortcut key in the last version of iPadOS. And the idea there is that the globe key is sort of for global shortcuts. Get it? You know, global shortcuts. And there aren't very many of them. And shortcuts is right there. Now, there may be like a third-party app API where you can assign apps can assign this and it'll bring the app forward or do something. But I think the best way to implement this and also the easiest way perhaps for Apple to implement this is to let you bind keyboard shortcuts, which by the way, you can already do on the Mac on the iPad. Um, So you're in wherever you are and you do globe P 
because you've mapped that globe shift J and a shortcut runs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what does it do? Whatever you want it to. So I think, again, Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown here, but it's all set up for this to be a feature. It's not a huge feature, but it would really actually be a great productivity feature for people using the iPad with a keyboard, whether that is uh, in like a keyboard case or maybe attached to a big display. Who knows? So I'm throwing it in there. I'm, uh, yeah, global keyboard shortcuts for shortcuts. We've been speaking about this for years, right? And then Apple gave it to us, but on the Mac, right? So yeah, now they Which should return that they get it, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, well, and I know that there are challenges with the entire concept on iOS and iPadOS of a global anything, right? Because mm-hmm. so much of it is so siloed. Um, and yet, you know, you can adjust the, the volume and like, I mean, there are media keys and then adding that uh, globe key I think was lighting the way, which is like, here we are. Shortcuts already can operate in the background via the widget. So it's not, yeah. you know, they have the underpinnings there, oh, yeah. right? It's all there. So it, it's all there. It's just, it. it's just a matter of hooking it up. Uh, right. So that's my pick. Global keyboard shortcuts for shortcuts. Uh, I'm going to go for my fourth round pick. New features added to messages. Uh, this is a Mark Gurman rumor too, isn't it? This is. This was something that I had already put in the document because I think it's time to add some new stuff oh, to messages anyway. Amen to that. Um, mm-hmm. Messages, I think is... I, Mike, I wrote a whole column for Macworld about how bad messages is yeah. and how it's one of Apple's most important apps and important features and feels abandoned. So yeah, yeah, let's make this happen. I want it to happen. Maybe like... Maybe second to Safari or like neck and neck with Safari, I would expect is the most used app on people's iPhones, like in, in overall, you know, like if across Apple's entire user base, those two apps, I'm sure have got to be like right there with each other. And I feel like, you know, the chat app landscape continues to evolve and messages is falling behind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Gurman was talking about uh, audio messages being more of a thing, which I don't uh, use them. We don't use them, but I know they're used, right? Like I see people using them all the time. And that to me, that would be one of those things where they like they look at their user base, they see what they're using, they see it's audio messages, they know that their function is not very good for it, and they want to keep maybe making that easier for people. I don't sure. know. Um, but I want to see more added here in general you know there's things that other chat apps do one that federico always mentions and i think is about time is the ability to redact like uh, retract a message so you can like unsend it from some mm-hmm. to, if you send it to someone on iMessage yep. like basic things like that that they don't have you know the ability to edit a message after you sent it um may i would love them to rethink the reply mechanism i use the reply mechanism but it gets messy so fast right yep. and so like you know, the fact that you get that little, like, it opens up into its own, like, kind of nested window and it, like, obscures what's behind. It's like, that's not very elegant. No. Like, it feels very much added on top. So, I and as Kate's saying, one that I want definitely, and Kate's saying in a Discord, more tapback reactions. Emoji tapbacks. I would emoji like emoji tap-backs. or just more tapbacks than the five that you have, right? So... It's this is it kind of surprises me really that messages doesn't get something every year, but no matter what, it has been many years since anything significant has been added. I think like the reply system is good, but it wasn't really significant. I think like it was an it's an, an addition, but again, it's the same. 
a little bit clunky. Was that added in 15 or 14, the reply feature? I don't remember now. I want to say I think 14. It was... Okay. Oh, I don't know. Someone in the Discord will definitely confirm that for me in a second. But nevertheless, like no matter when it was... Interesting. It's some, it, this is, again, as you said, it's not super interesting, and they kind of didn't do it very well. Um, well I would love and to that's see one of my one of my criticisms of messages in that article that I wrote is Apple, when they do roll out an, 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 a messages feature, mm-hmm. it feels like they just roll it out and walk away from it, mm-hmm. and they don't fix it or make it better. Or and, and the reply thing is one of those where it's like, okay, there are a bunch of things that are that are not great about it. You could make it better. And that hello, hello, is anybody there? And there's just nobody home. And that's that is the story of messages. So there's so much fertile ground there, but they actually need to put some effort into it. Replies were iOS 14, so now I feel even more vindicated that it's been two yeah, years. So it's two, time for more stuff. Yeah, two cycles. That's the mm-hmm. that's the trick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's getting tough here. We got two more picks in this. How is that even possible? That's a lot of picks. <laughs> yeah, but we have like out of the thirty something things in here, but it gets hard, right? You get up in the you get up in the rarefied air quickly. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good though. That that's you. Were, you and I were talking beforehand about how many picks we're doing. It's like I, I think it's actually better with more picks because it drives us to make more esoteric picks, which makes the scoring more fun because we're not just picking obvious things and getting them all right. I'm going to make a very esoteric WWDC pick here because it's just I have no information about this happening, but following on from last year, it feels like something they would do, and I'm going to pick it. Which is there's this thing called car key. Apple announced last year the idea that car (laughs) key was going to work in like two companies of cars. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say it. This year, Apple's going to mention new car key partner or partners. The idea that they're going to say, and now it's going to be in all Mercedes or whatever, right? Whatever it is for this car thing, because I think it demos well. And for them to mention, you know, fabulous car companies that are partnering with Apple, um, yeah, it's a it's a total random pick, but it feels very WWDC stagecraft to me. I don't have a ton to say about this, but I can see where you're going with it, right? Like, you're right. I mean, again, it's it's totally random and it and it probably won't happen. But I like the I just I can picture them saying because it's a new thing and there's not a lot of support for it. They announced I think two companies that were eventually going to support Carkey. It's a really cool. One, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. a really cool idea, and I feel like. It's something that they want to talk about in terms of the utility of i of of the iPhone and iOS, and that if they have uh, some partners lined up, which I don't know if they do, but like this would be a good bit of stagecraft to say. And look, now we've got five different companies that are supporting this, so you're going to be able to unlock your uh, your car with your iPhone. My next pick is it's interesting. I actually thought you were going to go with mine. It's WWDC. It's a developer conference. So I'm going to pick for round five enhancements to SwiftUI. Mm-hmm. SwiftUI is supposed to be the future, right? It is. At some point, they need to do more with it. <laughs> is, they do. Is, is what they do. I get from listening to my developer friends. I, I didn't have it on my list because I'm actually skeptical that they're going to do this and talk about it on the keynote and all that, but it absolutely needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the most illustrative thing about this is, yes, all of our developer friends who've tried to use SwiftUI um, say basically like they can get 80% of the way there actually pretty easily. And they're like, oh, I see what Apple's saying here. And then they, they get to the last 20 or 10% and they slam into a brick wall. And... uh 
and the the classic example here is i believe um shortcuts on the mac and and actually across uh done in in swift ui and that it's like the best example of apple you know dog fooding swift ui and coming to terms with the fact that it's not all there yet Mm -hmm. and this is supposed to be the future of apple uh you know app development so wouldn't it be great if there was a major new enhancement to Swift UI that Apple extolled the virtues of in the keynote and in the State of the Union and in a bunch of sessions? I hope it happens. You felt more comfortable betting on it than I did. Uh, I realize, honestly, this is the riskiest pick I've made so far for a number of reasons. One, they might not do anything. Two, they might do it, but it would be in the State of the Union. Could be. Right. Hard to believe they wouldn't mention it, though. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out. I, I don't know if SwiftUI belongs in the keynote now that they've announced it, but I think it should. And again, it, this is going to have to be one of those things where, like, we've we've been through this before sim- with like um, Catalyst apps. Yeah, they have to say that it's SwiftUI stuff. Like, if we can point to it and be like, "Oh, that's made in SwiftUI," unless they say it and it's like doing a bunch of stuff they couldn't do before, like it's not going to count. Like they need to call it out as like, this is new for SwiftUI or here's some features for SwiftUI or we've added a bunch. And honestly, one the I tell you the place that I feel like I could get this, Jason, is like one of those word clouds, you know? They're like something, yep. something, something in SwiftUI, right? Like that, that might be where they go with it. I don't know. But I do actually think this is probably the riskiest pick that I'm making as part of these iOS and iPadOS picks. That's okay. I picked car key. It's fine. You sure did, didn't you? That's why I thought, all right, now's the time. <laughs> now's the time. Okay, I'm going to wrap up my iOS and iPadOS pick uh, round with an item that actually was not on my list of, of top choices, but I don't want to double down on either of the uh, remaining items. So I'm going to go with this one. Uh, rumor has been that it's out there and that it's going to happen and it still hasn't happened. Well, we're almost at WWDC now, so it's probably where Apple will finally officially announce its classical music app. Boom. I I was wondering about this one. I think it exists. I think we've seen so many hints that it does does exist. exist. And and they bought it and all of that. And so if you're laying out the groundwork for the fall, it's got to be in there, right? So now they may announce it and say it's actually shipping in a a week to existing iOS customers, right? Everybody will get it right away. It may not actually be a thing that is all the way in the fall, Mm -hmm. but if it's going to exist and yet it doesn't exist yet, why would you not announce its existence on your stage, right? Yeah. It's a an iOS feature, even if it's not in the next. And remember, we're not picking things announced for the betas of the next iOS. We're just doing announcements. And it's like, it's sitting right there. How do you go all the way to fall, essentially, without admitting that the classical music app exists? So gotta mention it now this you know and they'll just throw it in they'll be like oh and we're doing a classical music app yay and they'll move and because apparently kermit the frog is hosting that segment anyway <laughs> he's in the uh, audience you know hooray! i invited him too so there it he is. loves yeah. classical music yeah. most of the time he's just sitting there sipping tea but he gets very excited about classical music he's listening to classical music while sipping the tea you know that's right like he's strumming along on his banjo fancy frog uh, there is definitely a history of music stuff in the WWDC keynote that does not that does not deserve to be there. So, you know, they have a history of putting music in the developer keynote. So it could happen again. They really do. I was reminded of that on uh, Connected last mm-hmm. week, right? The mm-hmm. idea that they had a they announced Apple Music and had a musical guest during the WWDC keynote. I remember that. I remember sitting there thinking, 
Really? <laughs> that was the worst. That was such WWDC a keynote. So, really? My final pick. I am picking this purely because I want it to happen. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I just I love want it. it. That's part of the draft, Mike. We, we, it, out we it wears us down. We we do these certain picks, and yep. we're like, oh, but I also need to conjure something into existence by picking it. I'm manifesting here, all right? Yes. And it is Let's a redesign it. of the home app because the home app uh, is yeah. bad. It is bad. <laughs> it's a bad app. Oh, you hey. are putting a lot of, of weight into Apple fixing its wayward apps uh-huh. in this round. Yeah, it's like, look, hey, oh, you want to... You want to turn off a light in this room? Oh, you don't have it in your favorites? Click over to this tab and swipe three pages. Why? Why? Show me all of my turned on lights. Like uh, We hear that Apple is committed to the home again, right? That they're working on stuff and there are rumors about new home pods and all sorts of other stuff going on. And the center of it all is the home app. And it's awful. Mm -hmm. It's so bad. So I'm right there with you. I, I mean, this is, you know, I try, I, you know this, Mike, I try mm-hmm. to be a very measured person and be like, oh, look, you got to see both sides of it. And it's more complicated than, than the easy takes would have you believe and all of that. So with that said, let me say best solution to the home app is to just start over. Yeah. There's nothing to be salvaged from the, the, the home foundation. App. Like it's the, the visual foundation there is real bad. Like underpinning it, I'm sure it's, it's good, terrible. You know, like whatever. Like you you've built all the stuff, and I sure. would say Apple's home app throw it away is fast. It's faster than any of the other things that I've used, and and that's okay. why I like it. HomeKit, the actual like you press a button and the light goes on, like and it's faster than the other applications that that's I've true. used. So whatever they've got underneath, great. But the application itself is such a mess unsalvageable I'm, yeah. I'm officially saying it here please i hope if they do this they are not trying to tweak what's there because what's there is just bad it's just it's just bad think it rethink what you want a home interface to that design was built in a different era for smart home devices mm-hmm. and and theoretically apple knows what the current era is like and what the future is going to be like with matter and all the rest and that there should be a home app that is designed around what an actual set of smart devices in homes will look like and that app ain't it <laughs> so if i'm supposed give us to have new. like smart devices in every room of my home the home app is failing, right? The way that it shows that yeah. stuff to me. And yeah. I understand that they would prefer me to have home pods and I'll speak it, but it's just not always going to be the case. And I don't always want to do it that way. So give me a better way to manage all that stuff. I'm right there with you, Mike. Let's go, Mike. Let's go. I see I'm going to be rooting for you now. You got me pulling for one of your draft picks now. I'm very excited. That's how, that's how it goes. So that's the end of our iOS and iPadOS round. Six picks oh, yeah. down. So I'm going to come back to the first one. Apps can run yes. on external displays on iPadOS. Now, we didn't come back to it, which was if there would be a new windowing or multitasking mode or something on iPadOS. I, I, I took it to be that if I went, like I was taking it the extra step. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you can do apps can run on an external display without having some new modes, right? I that agree. would be, fu- fundamentally, it would be a multitasking mode. But when we got to the end, you decided not to kind of counteract my pick, and I decided not to double down on it. But yeah. I think that's the implication, is that is that uh, if Apple is allowing apps on external displays, there probably has to be some new tiling or floating window modes. I would think that they would also allow, especially on the larger iPad Pro, but probably all the all the um, 
iPads, the ability to undock something and have it be a floating window or have some other kind of mode that it goes in that is a multitasking mode that is maybe more Mac-like or tile-like in some way. Now, if they do that, but say you can't put it on an external display, then I lose my pick, I guess. But I wanted to go all the way because I think they go hand in hand. Yep. And obviously, this is this is different to like the mirroring, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. That's the that's the point. Is having mm-hmm. an app on an iPad that outputs video to the second display or some other thing, or is a mirror to the second display? We know that that's what it does already. This is mm-hmm. a new thing where you can take an app and just run it, and it's on an external display, and you can control it, and it's running, and and you see it, and it's the whole UI, and it's not mirrored. It's running on that external display. So we'll see. I also didn't double down on shortcuts because I had a very vague automation improvements that was I was thinking like being able to run a shortcut every 10 minutes or whatever, right? And that would be a thing I would like to see, but I already made a shortcuts pick there. So I decided not to double down. But I like it. We, we, we both made some weird picks and uh-huh. we both made some dream picks and we mo- both made some realistic picks. So it's a good, a good collection there for the iOS and iPadOS round, I think. This episode is brought to you in part by Uni Pizza Ovens. Uni is the world's number one pizza oven company. They make surprisingly small ovens powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, letting you make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. Uni Pizza Ovens are incredibly easy to use and super portable. They'll fit into any outside space. Uni Pizza Ovens can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit or 500 degrees Celsius, enabling you to cook restaurant-quality pizza in as little as 60 seconds. It is that Mm -hmm. high temperature that separates these pizzas from those that you can make in a home oven. You sound very approving over there, Jason Snow. Yeah, well, the high temperature is it. I mean, it it does go fast. If you just walk away for five or ten minutes, you're going to get like a a carbon disc of burned. Uh, It's it's amazing. You can watch it. You can watch the bubbles come up from the pizza dough and the cheese melts and the whole thing. It's quite a show, and you need to be there because you actually need to kind of spin it around a little bit because it's got this L-shaped burner, so there's a hot part and a not part, and and that allows you to kind of control what's getting the the most heat so that you can get it kind of evenly evenly cooked or you can back it off a little bit if it needs to to cook a little bit longer it's uh yeah it's it's great and we're recording this on Memorial Day, the traditional beginning of summer here in the U.S. And I know you think summer, you're thinking like grilling and, and stuff like that. But I'll tell you, for me, summer is pizza season. because Jason's thinking the, pizza. <laughs> the uni, well, the uni oven gets real hot. And uh-huh. I um, and I, I put it away during the winter and I bring it out in the summer. And then it sits out there uh, making pizzas all the time. So we're we're in pizza season now. So that L-shaped burner that Jason mentioned, that is a feature of the Unicoda 16, a gas-powered oven that can cook up yeah. to 16-inch pizzas and gives even heat distribution. Yeah, and it uses the same canister you would in a gas grill mm-hmm. or, a, or a patio uh, heat heat unit, one Easy of those propane get. patio heat units. It's the same. You can literally, like, uh, what I do is unscrew it from one place and walk it over to the other mm-hmm. place and screw it back in. Super easy. Uni also have a, a wide range of options. They start at $299 with free shipping to the US, UK, and EU. One of their other uh, favorite models is the multi-fueled Unikaru, where you can use wood, charcoal, or gas. And they, But they have things all in between, different features, uh, tons of great stuff. Listeners of this show can get 10% off their purchase of an Uni pizza oven, which is up to $50 off an Unicoda 16. Just go to uni.com, that's O-O-N-I.com, and use the code UPGRADE22 at checkout. When you're there, you'll find a great range of accessories from peels to cutters to oven tables. Laser thermometer, Mike. Oh, that's Laser the key, right? Laser thermometer. So good. 
so oh. good. They have everything. It's really great what they do over there. Uni Pizza Ovens, they are the best way to bring restaurant-quality pizza to your own backyard. Just go to uni.com and use the code UPGRADE22 for 10% off. Our thanks to Uni Pizza Ovens for the support of this show and Relay FM. It is time for our combined macOS and Mac hardware picks and people would say oh, hey boy. why that and we'll say well you give me a bunch of mac os features and, <laughs> and you know it's not as simple as you may think for as it is for ios and ipad os i feel at this point i i agree i i struggled a bit in fact you put down one of the first ones that you put down was focus on stability and bug fixes which mm. is the most boring pick ever but you know it might be it was it was a struggle here to think of things that aren't i mean I did think about like putting in kind of duplicates of things that we put in the other round, but the truth is a lot of the iOS stuff will also appear in some form on the Mac, mm-hmm. and it seemed a little silly to have those. Like I could put in some like uh, some sort of theme that is similar to the themes that are available, right? I'm, I don't need to pick that. So uh, we have a, we have a smaller selection here. Um, I oh, I'm gonna go with something that I thought of this morning, and I talked to you about that I think is a. Uh, uh, an interesting thing to predict, but is inevitable, which is at least one feature will be for Apple Silicon Macs only. Oh, this is a good pick. This is a really good pick. I like this. I, they have to say it, I guess, right? But I, I imagine they'll say on now using the power of Apple Silicon, we can do this because we are we are I think going to get to the point here where uh, Mac OS updates still happen for Intel for a couple of years, but um, the the a lot of banner features just won't work on Intel. Yep, it feels inevitable, like. It also feels like if that's not going to happen, why do all of this? Yeah. You know? like yeah, you want to show it off, right? The, the assumption is one of the reasons that they went to their own silicon is so they could do things that they've otherwise been held off from doing. And this has already happened, right? There was there's some features that were have been Apple Silicon only. There was some that they announced as such, and then I think live text it wasn't, and they found a way to bring it to Intel Macs. But this is going to be a thing that continues. And it kind of should, um, in my opinion. Like you got to take advantage of the hardware that you're on. And this can be from either just a pure power perspective or the neural engines or whatever. Um, but otherwise, you know, just... Why keep doing it? Like yeah, they'll keep updating good... macOS for years, as they should, and keep doing things that are important for it. This is this is the question: is processor transition? What I want to say is, the end of the line for Intel macOS updates will come um, faster than you would think. Apple's been so good at providing compatibility. I do wonder what the form of the end of the Intel era takes on macOS, and is it like? Is it that it goes for a while and most of the new features work on Intel? Is it that it goes for a while, but while all these new features come to Apple Silicon, the Intel version doesn't really get them? Or is it more that it goes for a couple of years and then the Intel version of macOS gets like security updates, but it doesn't get anything else after that? I, I don't know how they're going to handle it. it. It It'd be interesting to see because one way to do it is, and I, they do some of this on the iPhone a lot, which is you're still updating to the new version of the OS, but some of the features just aren't there if you're on old hardware. And it allows them to get all those people updated and they're on the same version, but there's a bunch of stuff that just doesn't work on your phone because it's too old. And they could do that with the Mac. They could be like, yeah, you're totally on Mac OS 17, but 
the eight banner features at WWDC that year, like only three of them actually even function on it because the rest are Apple Silicon only. And that's kind of a bummer, but the alternative, I think, is probably not getting an update at all. For my first pick, um, again, I'm channeling my previous energy uh, in yep. the iOS round Love it. to fix what I think is the worst thing on macOS. Dream pick. New way to access widgets on macOS. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Adding widgets to macOS um, Monterey. We're on Monterey, right? I always forget. I, I don't know why I struggle with this. Monterey, It's right? Monterey. Yeah. Last year was Big Sur. This year's Monterey. Monterey. Yeah, we're going to go with that. <laughs> the worst uh-huh. thing they did to Monterey was put widgets in it because it, the widget experience is bad and it ruined notifications. <laughs> like I just yeah. want them to do a different thing with it, whether they put them on the desktop or they... Dashboard. Bring back dashboard or whatever it is they're going to do, do something. You know, Get rid of Launchpad and put widgets in instead. I don't know, but... The way we currently have it is not great, you know? Uh, so I'm going to say th- this pick was originally a better way, but I felt that's a weird thing to judge. So I've changed it to yeah. new way. So if they just keep them in the notification thing, but they do it differently, that's not it. New way to access widgets on macOS. I think they've got to break them out of that sidebar. Yeah. One, notification center. Widgets aren't notifications. So what yep. is happening? Uh, two, they are out of sight, out of mind, which is always my problem with dashboard too. They're just kind of off on the right there. And the fact is there are good widgets. There are good widgets from iOS. There's, there's good stuff on, on Mac OS. I have find my widgets for my family. Yeah. So instead of launching find my and seeing, you know, is, is my wife at the store or what, you know, what's going on? Um, or is my daughter back home so I can call her or whatever it is like, I have to swipe and the little cards are there and it's nice, but it's in this really not great location. And I would rather have them in a floating layer or drop down from the menu bar or on my desktop or whatever. So yeah. some some better showcase for Mac OS widgets. I agree. Round two. Mike, mm. I'm going to do it. Uh-oh. I'm going to do it. What's he going to do? New MacBook Air. Oh, okay. New okay. MacBook Air. Mad lad. Well, I'm worried about the supply chain, but they've also been trying to ship that product for like more than six months, apparently. That's what we've heard, right? September was the first expected <laughs> ship yeah, date. It's coming up, coming up nine months that they were planning on shipping that product. And still <laughs> it's like, is it a developer life, conference? The chip before they yeah. put this thing out. You know? Is there a developer conference angle to it? Not really, but it's a big uh, event for them. Are they ready to ship it? Maybe. Maybe they have been working on building these things and even though they've got all sorts of supply chain issues you know mm-hmm. one of the things that they want to do is is ship a new macbook air i think it would be a good seller for the fall um if they are ready they, i'm not i'm not sure i believe it either but they've been trying for so long True. and the stories seem to suggest that it's basically ready to go and that the question is like how many of them could they build how back ordered is it going to be all of those things are going on but i want to believe and i also want to believe that they really want to kick off the next era of apple silicon and be able to make a case to developers about the, you know where they're going with apple silicon on the mac which the developers care about and so even though it's not a de- developer machine it's a macbook air mm-hmm. i i'm gonna say we're finally gonna get a new macbook air i hope you're right for two reasons one i want colorful laptops in the world right right that's what i just want it two i want a hands-on area i want to experience the hands-on area at wwdc yeah if they have a new macbook air possible yep possible 
they need new products to have a hands-on all the colors. You know? <laughs> then that would be great. Like, can go into a little thing, see what they got going on. I'd be excited about that. Jason, I'm jumping in with you here. Uh-huh. New Mac Pro. New Mac Pro. Yeah. I was, I was thinking of picking that next. So, New Mac Pro. And, of course, it may not you know, be anywhere near shipping. No, no matter. way. They just, no, they no just way. need to announce it. Yeah. Look, we spoke up as well. There's so much precedent for this. Like, there's so much precedent for this. To yeah. me, this feels like, to me, it feels like the most locked hardware because they can, the Mac Pro is unlike anything that they do in the Mac space. They can just, they can talk about this thing six months before they ship it and it doesn't matter. Um, and we know it exists because they told us it does, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like they mentioned it three months ago. For them to then wait six months maybe before they mention it again would be odd, right? Like going all the way out to the fall. Um, this is the audience for the Mac Pro. They're probably even less likely to buy it now that the studio exists. But, that, oh boy, developers, do they love powerful Macs. You know what I mean? You just tell them a powerful, there's a powerful Mac there and they're going to go wild for it. So... I, I imagine new Mac Pro, uh, that's what I think we're going to get announced at WWDC. Maybe so. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. I am going to go also with, uh, it's kind of something I want, but it's also, I feel like, a, a logical next narrative step for them. Last year, they announced that Shortcuts was the future of automation ah, on Mac OS. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say improvements to Shortcuts for Mac yeah. are highlighted at mm-hmm. some point. So the idea there is, you know, last year we introduced shortcuts on the Mac and it's great. And we got a bunch of, I mean, even if it's literally Craig Federighi saying, and we got a bunch of Mac improvements this year, that would count, right? Mm. I'm just, that's what I'm envisioning is a little bit of a check-in on the fact that last year they did shortcuts on the Mac and this year they're doing more or improving it in some way. And uh, if they if they talk about shortcuts improvements on ios and they don't mention the mac then it doesn't count but i think uh they're going to want to check in on the mac in fact it wouldn't surprise me if uh they they had a mac shortcuts segment like in the max segment especially since as we've said a lot of this stuff one of their challenges when they have a lot of things on all their platforms is when do you announce it yeah like the mac segment could literally be you've seen all the features of mac uh, because they were also the features of ios so there's nothing new here so you hold some things back. So maybe the shortcut story gets told in the Mac segment. Yep. They say, and this is also true in iOS, but we we made some improvements here. I don't even know what those improvements are. There's a lot of things they could improve, but I I I, I want to predict that they're going to touch base on shortcuts. This was going to be my next pick, basically for some of the reasons you mentioned. One, oh, nice. which is that like it was a bit of a hit, right? I think maybe shortcuts for for, for Mac may have surprised Apple. Like people have been really uh-huh. excited about it. It had a rocky start, but like where we are today, the community loves it. And I think that the shortcuts team clearly show they don't stop working. And I imagine they've got some stuff. But I mean, you know, shortcuts has had improvements every single year. It is unlike basically anything else Apple does. It has that changes every year. You know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, sometimes they work it out along the way. But every year since they joined, since shortcut was announced, shortcuts was announced, they're always adding new stuff in. I cannot imagine shortcuts improvements finding their way into the iOS portion either, especially because now it is an easy story in the Mac segment. Yeah. This is a perfect place for it. 
unless it's like the keyboard shortcuts mm-hmm. thing. But even there, I think they could say, and you and you know, by the way, everybody really loves that we added keyboard shortcuts support to the Mac. So, um, bring it so we also put it in iOS, but they could still do that in the Mac part yep. of the of the presentation. Yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense, and because there is definitely room for them to continue with shortcuts for the Mac, and uh, I I expect if they're going to do it, they're going to talk about it here. All right, so this is the last pick in the Mac round. So, like, what I'm torn with right now is whether I make a software pick or a hardware pick. My concern with a hardware pick is if there's no hardware at all. Yeah, you're doubling down. I'm kind of wrecked, right? Which is a possibility. Um, So, I'm going to go back to the sheriff. I think one of the only things that Mark Gurman mentioned about macOS um, in his newsletter was a redesign of system preferences. Oh, yeah. Basically, to make it the settings app. And that is much needed because system preferences is only becoming more and more complicated to try and work out where things live. You know, I I, I love it. It looks looks untouched since the beginning of Mac OS X. Well, except when they added all the weird icons. (laughs) Years well, ago. well, yeah, but yeah. the the whole the whole premise of it is this app that's got the the all the icons there, and you click, and then it opens a pane, and all of that is like it is it is it's been there a long time, and uh, a new take on it would be welcome. I just would love uh, you know settings, and it's like I don't know, looks more like iOS, but just re kind of move stuff around, put some new stuff in there, make it fresh. You know, I, I that's what I would love to see, and I almost. I was kind of toying with us a little bit of like, if they did that, would they even, would they even show it? Like, is it worth showing? And then I'm like, I think that would kind of play to the crowd. Yeah. You know? I think that's exactly it. I can see Craig Federighi smiling and being like, oh, we got you here. Look at this. You love some sense. Mm -hmm. You bunch of nerds. Yep, exactly. I don't think he'll say that, but if he did, probably not. It's implied strongly though. Yeah. (laughs) I would, I would applaud him. All right, so that's Mac. That's the Mac rounds. That's all taken care of. Yep. This episode is brought to you by ZocDoc. There are amazing doctors out there, right? But really, the ones that matter are the ones who actually take your insurance. With ZocDoc, you can focus on doctors who are in-network, putting you on the path to seeing the doctors who are right for you, and fast, and conveniently. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors with verified patient reviews and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So when you walk into that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. Those video visits, like I love that kind of stuff. I love being able to just take a small portion out of my day to speak to a doctor rather than like going to the waiting room, sitting in the waiting room, waiting, you know, being around of a I just it's nice and easy, very simple. I love it. Find the doctor that's right for you. You book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and it's easy to see why. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash UpgradeFM and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash UpgradeFM. One last time, ZocDoc.com slash UpgradeFM. A thanks to ZocDoc for their support of this show and Relay FM. So we are now in the everything else round. A round that is increasing 
increasingly growing. <laughs> this the everything else round, just for a bit of uh, context, includes watchOS, tvOS services, headset, other hardware, and miscellaneous stagecraft picks. So this year, we have increased the amount of picks that we're doing here than years previous. So there's going to be uh, five rounds. Um, this is because at this point, you know, honestly, like without Mac hardware, Mac OS could fit in here. So who knows how this is going to kind of like shake out over the next few years. Things kind of rebalance themselves, maybe. But we're in the everything else round. And Jason, it's over to you for your first pick. Mike, I'm going with a stagecraft pick first because sometimes I like playing to win. And so I'm going to pick under everything else. Craig Federighi oh, appears. Darn it, Jason Snow. <laughs> <laughs> you think that he'll be there? Oh, will Craig one. be there? Oh, oh I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I hope right? so. <laughs> Honestly, out of everyone else, I, I could imagine Tim taking the week off. You know, Craig Federighi? No way. Uh, yeah, you got no. me. You got yeah, me. Okay, there's, the, there's my advantage, I guess, is going mm. first. Is is that one? I almost I almost thought. I mean, you could argue it's like a not. It, it's so obvious that it shouldn't be on the list, but you put it on the list, and it was I on the list. So. Come on, you know. Yeah. You never know. You never know. But this is how it you goes. never know. But it's probably going to be there. Mm-hmm. All right, my first pick. Then some portion of the program is live. All right, that's a good one. The idea here is they're doing this event and they're mm-hmm. inviting developers, and the, and again, it could literally be like you know the Olympics where they like show the people cheering back home at the minimum it's that <laughs> right they have right? like a shot showing people like it as the opening or something yeah. right i could imagine because you know how you know how they love this kind of stuff they've got like a pre-recorded drone and it like goes through a tunnel and it comes out and it's live you know because they're like yeah ah, we got you you know like some little fun thing Mm-hmm. Um, but th- if they don't do this, uh, that would be wild to me. And I don't know what you think, but like, there is a part of me that's like, well, what if they just do the whole thing on stage in front of an audience? Like the whole yep. thing. They just know. invited us all there to sit and watch a video with nothing even indicating that we're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems weird, right? But they could yeah. do it. It's possible. No, I mean, I mean, like, what if they did the whole thing? Like they used to. Oh, the whole thing live. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think that is possible. I think it. I think that's possible. I think it's it's gonna rely on more taped stuff, but it's. I think it's possible that they'll have. Um, you know, the the simplest version is Tim beginning and end, and then there's a, a pre-taped thing in the middle. They could break it up into segments and have Craig come on stage and and then do his. Because if you think about the way those things are structured, right, they're all like nested parentheses. So there's like there's Tim, and then you go to the Craig segment, and then Craig will give an overview and then throw it to the individual people. Well, I could see a scenario where the Tim segment and the Craig segment are there and the Jeff Williams segment is there, right? But the, when they throw it to other people, the other people are all in a pre-taped mm-hmm. segment. Um, they could also just do the whole thing live. Yeah, but, but you know, will they? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not, but you never know. Because there is this thing I've been thinking about, right? Like, they have an audience. We don't know how big this audience is, but it seems like the audience is growing, right? Yeah, we, don't, we don't know how big it is. We don't know where it'll be. We don't, yeah. we don't know nothing. But they, they, as well as inviting media, and we don't know, genuinely do not know if we will be in the same place that the developers are. I have no idea. Nobody knows right now. But yeah. it seems like they have been increasing the amount of developers that they have been inviting. Like, it seems like they keep 
giving out invites. Now, whether they're just filling in people who can't make it, I don't know. But there seems to have been multiple rounds. They've got some extra folding chairs for the rainbow stage. But there's something to be said that you're doing a presentation, right? Yeah. That, like maybe you want people to cheer like they always have done. Yeah. Well, that, that was always my argument. Uh, when we were talking about WWDC coming back, mm-hmm. one of the arguments that I made was maybe they'll just do a keynote as a media event. They'll invite some developers. It's very much like what we're seeing here. They'll invite media and they'll invite some developers and maybe they'll put them in the Steve Jobs Theater. That might not happen this time, but I think that that would be where, where it's heading. And like, why do that? Well, because not only do you have some media there who can do the hands-on, but you have developers there who will cheer and you're now live in front of a studio audience and that has a stagecraft bonus, right? Mm-hmm. That is a benefit to have reaction shots from developers and cheering from developers and all of those things that you want to show off. And it's your hand-picked developers, right? Like, it, yeah, there's there's a lot of advantages to doing that as a as a live event, even if you try to keep the best of the pre-recorded. And I imagine, I, I can imagine them not always doing this. Like the iPhone events, they, or like just product events where they just invite media. I just have the media sit in a room and watch the screen and then go to the hands-on. But WWDC, I could imagine them doing a full live or more hybrid approach because they have an audience. Like I would never have suggested this if there was no audience, right? That they would, that they would be doing it live because what What's would the be the point? But we'll see. What's your round two? We'll know in a week. I guess we will, because we will we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to go with, again, based on a Mark Gurman rumor, uh, and it's also something I want to have come true. I'm going to go with old watch faces upgraded. Can I make my pick? Yeah. New watch faces. <laughs> it's the watch round. Now, yes. here's the issue. I see this, the same issue for both of us. It's like, they do not need to do this as part of WWDC. Like, both of these things like, I know, come in I September. Know. But, but it's Watch we'll OS. Say, but it's Watch OS. What else something got? about Watch OS, What else right? have they got, you know? Watch faces. Yeah, and so what, one of the rumors is, uh, what Mark Gurman reported was that they were going to revisit some old watch faces and update them. Mm-hmm. And... As a user of some old watch faces, like modular, um, one of the things that kills me about it, or sorry, utility is the one that I really like, utility, is that it's basically still designed for the original Apple Watch. It's gotten a little bit bigger, but like it doesn't use any of the new complication styles that they've introduced over the last five years or whatever. It's still living in the past. And um, and what I want to believe, for both of our sakes and for our picks' sakes, is that the new version of watchOS is going to have an upgrade to watch face technology, probably including complications, and that they're going to get everything on the new whatever it is, right? And like now they're all using this format. Now they all use these complications. Now there are, you know, and and because really the face picker and all that, it's evolved a little bit, but it feels very much like it's still evolving the first version of it. And I wonder if they'll do a new take that will encompass new faces and upgrading the old faces to be um, more modern. I think they're good. I think they'll do something. But if they literally, if they put up one of those old watch faces and it's got a complication style that is not currently supported, that's what I'm talking about here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and they've had a combo of both, right? They've done um, new watch faces at WWDC. They've done and then they've also had some in September. We'll we'll see. I think the only wrinkle I could imagine for your pick here 
is if like there's some kind of design change to the Apple Watch again and they update right. the old watch faces for that so they wouldn't want to show it too soon. But I don't Possible. Know. I don't no, know. But we'll see. I'm going to stick, uh, Mike, with watchOS. We're Great. just going to keep it rolling here. Hard to believe that we're doing this, but we're doing it. Especially considering how little time watchOS got last year, right? It I know. Was, I don't even think it really was in the keynote at all. But this is this is like one of those bread and butter things, which is a new health-focused app in watchOS. Yeah. I don't know even what it is, but that they always like to add health features to watchOS. So let's throw it in. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to take the risk. If they're going to do something to it. That's always a solid bet, right? Unless there's a new sensor on a on a on a watch in the fall that they save it for, but they sure. just they really like doing this. They really like adding some app to do something. And you know, watchOS apps aren't exactly heavy lifting. They can add a fairly basic new thing and say, "Look, we added, you know, maybe more than one. Like they added this and this, and isn't that great?" And we'll be like, "Okay, mm-hmm. that's a new health focused app. It's that's what the product is for." Last year, they didn't add a new app, but they updated one. They had updated the Breathe app to mm. include mindfulness. But Yes, um, and changed its name. I think it's still called Breathe, isn't it? No, it's mindfulness now. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that would be the new app, right? That, w- that would yep. have worked for you. My third pick. Is, I'm doubling down on StageCraft. Again. Okay. And I'm going to say that Tim Cook presents in front of an audience. Okay. This is what I consider to be the minimum amount, mm-hmm. uh, which is that Tim does his good morning. So excited for you to be here today. You know, he stops for five minutes for applause because it will be raucous applause. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says how happy he is for everyone to be here. And he's so excited to see uh, developers here at Apple Park. And we're so happy to welcome you all here. You know, that kind of stuff. We've got a great week planned for you all and for developers watching live at home you know and then he comes out at the end and he's like wasn't that great we can't wait to see what you do with it right i think that feels like the minimum part i agree i agree and 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 zach pointed out uh tim cook presenting as he did last year in front of an audience of me emojis does not count <laughs> if they do that this year what are they doing you know what i mean <laughs> like you've yeah, got actual exactly. people that no this is an audience of human beings yeah i'm gonna um, because you're picking up some potentially easy wins here. I'm going to throw in a view of the Steve Jobs Theater, including lobby and entry level. Now, this is important because is is the presentation going to be in the Steve Jobs Theater? Maybe, but they also use the big lobby area for uh, an entry level area for demos. So we need to see videos. at least the lobby and entry for this to be correct. It just needs to be yeah something in that Steve Jobs Theater, the big round building. Now they usually do a pre-recorded presentation from the because they built that whole building and during the pandemic there's been nobody in it, right? So even if they don't use the theater, if they use the lobby um, or entry level, that will work. One of those big circular spaces. There's the one with the two elevators and the stairs, and then there's the top level that's just the big round thing with the windows looking out. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those including the inside like theater portion, but just something. I've changed this pick for you to make it a bit more simple. Inside view of the Steve Jobs Theater. Okay. That can be any but it could be any, it. We know any that, part of like, it. That the Steve Jobs Theater is that entire building. Whole building. So if anybody presents anything from inside of anywhere, we'll know. Yep. And that will count. And that's a good pick because if they do the pre-recorded video, they'll do it. If they do a presentation from in there, they'll do it. But I don't know. I, I think so. It would be odd to present from inside of the Steve Jobs Theater if 
everyone's outside. But we'll find out. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I'm putting my. I'm oh, gonna here put my, my here flag in the ground. No AR or VR hardware announced or pre-announced. All right. That's what we call a buzzkill pick, but I don't think it's, it's consistent with your other thing, which is Apple's not going to announce the headset. Yep. They're not going to pre-announce anything about it. They'll do the major head fake, you wink, wink, nudge, nudge gesture thing with AR and VR features in iOS, but they're just not going to talk about it. Now, this pick doesn't include the operating system, right? This is the hardware. However, I also think it's the same, but it's not in my pick. I think it's the, I, I think it's the same because, um, you know, you're you're picking a different version of a of a pick I put in there that I'm still tempted to pick, but it's Apple's Apple acknowledges existence of headset but doesn't announce headset, which is a similar thing. Which is they could say Reality OS for a forthcoming product that we're not going to announce it's today. Not, it's just not happening, in my opinion. None of it is like I just they don't need to do it now. They just don't, right? Like in my opinion, it just seems like it's too early. And I know there's been lots of stories about trademark filings and all that kind of stuff, but I've seen some reports saying that this is purely coincidental because trademarks have to be filed six months in advance of a product in certain markets, et cetera, et cetera. Nevertheless, uh, there is smoke here, but that fire is far away. Like That fire is down the road, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to get to it later on. There's enough stuff at WWDC. I don't see... AR VR hardware being announced here. Honestly, the only way I see that is if they have very little for their other platforms, and that doesn't seem likely to me. I think you could you're gonna when they want to show this off, they're gonna spend a lot of time on it, and and I don't think that's time they're gonna give in full next Monday. It's a tough one because this has been you know the reports are that they were originally planning on announcing it at WWDC. There's a lot of reasons why you would because it's a developer message. You want to get the developers hyped about it. And they have people there, right? Like this is one of the things I was saying, oh, it's definitely mm-hmm. not going to happen if they don't have people. Well, it turns out not. they have media going. That was what I said was needed. But I still don't think it's happening. Yeah. it's uh, it, This is so tough because I, I honestly don't know. I think there are lots of scenarios where they would announce it, but there are also a lot of reports that it's just not far enough along for them to announce it. Um. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. It's a this is a, it's a, it's a tough one because it's the look. You get all those developers together. It's the elephant in the room, right? Like everybody knows. Everybody who's an Apple platform developer is like, "There's going to be a headset. I'm going to have to figure out what I'm doing with that." Mm-hmm. But are they going to do that at this event on top of everything else? All right, I guess it's my pick. I guess I can't avoid it anymore. That service is one that I like, but I don't think I want to go with it. Because they announced service changes at weird times, and this doesn't seem like the right time to do that. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wimp out, and rather than making the bold pick of which I kind of want to make, which is uh, Apple acknowledges the headset exists but doesn't announce it, which would be such pick. a That's... such a power move. Yeah, I'm gonna go with rules for the TV app changed oh. to accommodate more services. I would love this. This is one that you, I think, put in there, but it's mm-hmm. the the idea here is um, Apple has had some challenges, especially with Netflix, in terms of how the TV app works, and they want it to be a central thing. So maybe if there's a TVOS announcement, which is there's got to be, that they they will they will change the TV app uh, 
with the goal of accommodating more services. I don't know what form this takes, but actually, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to back off of it cuz I'm not sure I want to be that specific. There is another item on our list here that's even um even vaguer than that, which is just the TVO app is redesigned. Let's go with that one. Oh, the TVO look, this app. is this Jason has done the unthinkable and has pulled is set a pick and and rejected that. And pick. I yoink. It's it's you know, I'm going to just go with the broader TV app pick. Right. Changes to the TV app. TV app redesigned on TVOS. I hope it includes rule changes. That enable. We had one item in our little list that is like they make a deal with Netflix uh-huh. <laughs> to put the, to put Netflix in the TV app. I'm not picking that because I don't really want to believe it. But I mean, I want it to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. Anyway, TV app redesigned on TVOS. We'll just go with that. I love that because I like TV app. I want TV app to get better. Uh, my final pick. I'm not going to do what you did. I'm not going to say something, change my mind last minute. I'm just going to dive in and go for it. Well, you you don't know until you re- regret it halfway through, and then we'll see. Uh, now you, th- oh, I don't like that you said that. <laughs> now you- All right, now I'm just going to go for it. A new way to access favorite apps in watchOS. I had this on my list. I think it's a pretty good idea. I don't know where it came from, but it's a good idea. It came from me pressing that side button and always oh, being and unhappy about the things through- that are in there. Because mm-hmm. it's never, it's you know, it's not in any set order. I used to like it more. When it was a set order of applications, you just put your favorites in there. And now, I don't know if it's just a set and you can change. Maybe you should check that. But now I have like apps most recently used, like as a multitasking view. And I kind of don't need that on my Apple Watch. I also could imagine that they just redo. This kind of fits in a couple of places for me. This could just re, They could redo the way you actually select applications or all on the Apple Watch. You know, like they have either that list or the honeycomb right now. There's definitely better ways to do that. Thank you, Jason, in the uh, Discord for confirming it is a setting for the watch. I can still do favorites. I'm going to change that. I hadn't thought of that. Nevertheless, uh, selecting apps on the Apple Watch, not a great experience. And I would like I agree. to see that changed. It's a, it's a mess. It's a mess. So let's let's do it. Great. Love it. So that is the end of the everything else round. Right. We have a but bonus wait. round. Yes. This is like a little draft within a draft. Each of us is going to pick potential names for Mac OS. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick two each. Okay. And um, there's a point on offer for the person who gets it one right. One point if somebody gets it right. Obviously, yeah. only one thing can be correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so... With my first pick, I, I just I just want to state this again. Yes. We pre-chose this because this was we had originally some options in the macOS round, and Jason wanted to do this as a as a uh, a bonus round. And I said, I want you to write all the names you might think it could possibly be because you are Californian, <laughs> and I'm not yes. Californian. Like there are places in this list I've literally never heard of them, so. That's how we're we're working this out. This is yeah. I guess somewhat similar to the draft that the colors are. Um, we're both picking some stuff to to each, and if one of us gets it right, they get a point. Yeah, it's a bonus point if you correctly predict the name of Mac OS. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to start by going completely outside of California and picking. They name it Mac OS 16, and it has no other name. They sync it up. Really? You think they could do that? I think they could. I think they could, I think they could do it. That's jumping three versions, it right? It is. It's jumping three versions. 
Okay. I don't think they're going to do this. Oh, well, I'm glad I have another pick then. Hmm. I just wanted to cover that one. Why do you think they would do this? I think, uh, well, I, this is this is part of my ongoing frustration with Apple's naming because they also have all those numbered iPhones and the iPhone numbers are different than the iOS numbers, which is also bad. And then you've got macOS, which has a different number, but also a name. So I think that I'm envisioning a scenario where they decide to move macOS in lockstep with iOS and iPadOS. And why does macOS have a cute name when the other ones don't? And they just say, nope, we're going to be boring from now on. Every year we'll increment by one, starting with 16 all around. That's that's it. Why is macOS different? It's the idea that like, oh, we, we allow macOS to be fun and quirky and have a nickname. And uh, maybe they stop. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, personally, because I can never remember the names of the macOS versions. Right. But I mean, I could have just cool. picked a Spinal Tap appearance again, but I didn't. I am going with a name, though, uh, and I'm going with a name that I think would be kind of nice, and I'd like it, macOS Tahoe. Tahoe. Mm-hmm. I did put that in there. So, California geography topic. Apple recently has been sticking to the coast. So, we got Catalina, which is an island in Southern California. We got Big Sur, which is the on the coast, and then just up from Big Sur to Monterey. So, coastal names are interesting. However, Lake Tahoe is a classic, it's, it's a, a, a great location, it's a beautiful, natural place name, it's a single word that I think is fairly clear about how to pronounce it and say it, but what I've learned about all these California names is that I assume everybody knows how to pronounce them, and I'm wrong. So we'll see. I think Tahoe is a great choice because it is a. It, it would make for some beautiful wallpapers, uh, you know, great fi- pictures of Lake Tahoe and the surrounding kind of the, the mountains and the trees and everything. Um, and they haven't used it yet, so I like it. Lake Tahoe is beautiful. What's your next pick? I'm gonna go with Sequoia. <laughs> Which is the name of a tall tree and also a national park. <laughs> the reason this one makes me laugh is there is also spelling issues with some of these mm-hmm. names they come up with. Sequoia oh, yeah. is one of them because it's yes. like, what is going on back there? S-E-Q-U-O-I-A. What is happening at the end of that word? You know, Sounds great. Love the sound of it. Sequoia, beautiful. Lots Sounds of vowels. wonderful. It's got all but the vowels in it. It's, got all, it's basically all of them, right? It is all of them. It has well, all the vowels in it. Sometimes why, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but it's well maybe sometimes why is in Sequoia, but it's not right now. <laughs> well, why is in Sequoia? I don't know. Why is you in Sequoia? You know. Mm. All right, my one. Uh, I'm going to pick here. I, I'm going with a different approach uh, because I think it would be kind of cool and would allow them to uh, to bridge into something else. macOS Golden Gate. Ah, yes. I just put that in there this morning and you mm-hmm. went with it. I like it a lot. You I took like the that bait. as a name a lot. I took the gate bait. You know, I, I think it's fun. Uh, I love that as a name. It is the name of a park, right? But it's also the name of the bridge. And similarly, yep. beautiful desktop wallpapers. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it would be fun if they're going to keep to the California trend, which I do actually encourage. They don't just do like just places you know like the idea of golden gate right it's got a little bit more to it and i, and I think that would be kind of fun uh, if they went in that direction because they could do other fun stuff as well it in, says, the, in the future it's, yeah it says california it does mm-hmm. reference the bridge but also the geographic feature of the golden gate that is the way into to san francisco bay it would be them going up the coast as they've been doing for the last couple of releases so i think that that's interesting 
we have a bunch more, but um, that's we're just going to pick those. So uh, we'll see if we hit the lottery with any of those or if it's something completely different, which it usually is. I don't think we've ever successfully predicted what Mac OS is going to be called. It's one of the true mysteries of the WWDC keynote. Yep. And they play it as one, right? They've done that they joke do. a bunch in the past. Yep, ever since the macOS weed joke. It's mm-hmm. been since then. That is the draft. If you want to score along with us, you go to upgrade.cards. I think it, it will be unprecedented as me and Jason will be able to look at each other next week if all goes well and look into each other's eyes and see the moment when somebody mm. could win or lose. Mm-hmm. And that could be fun. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Uh, as we mentioned, we will be uh, recording and streaming as soon as we can after the keynote next week. So keep it locked to Twitter and you will get uh, information from us. You can follow the show's account here at underscore Upgrade FM, but we'll also be retweeting that too. So you'll be able to find it from our own Twitter accounts. I'm iMike, Jason is Jason L. Uh Thank you so much for checking out this episode. And I'm really excited for next week's episode for so many reasons, but I'm always looking forward to WWDC. Um, and I'm expecting and hoping for great things. And we're uh, back in person for the first time back in years. In it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be a real interesting vibe next week that I'm really looking forward to. Um, if you would like to find out more information about the show, you can go to relay.fm slash upgrade. This episode number is 409. We have information there. You can, on that page, you can sign up to become a member and support the show, or you can go to getupgradeplus.com, and you will get longer ad-free versions of every episode of Upgrade, including this one, and including the next one, too. You know, imagine the kind of fun stuff we might be talking about when we're in person again for the first time next week. That could be fun. And Upgrade Plus, you will get it. Uh, And you can also get tons of other wonderful features, like access to our members' Discord and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, thank you to ZocDoc, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Mode Design for the support of this episode. We really appreciate that. But most of all, thank you for listening. Until next time, Jason Snell, say goodbye. See you next week, Mike. <laughs>